we've been in a message series on the values of Harvest Connection Church. And, um, you know, just to give you a little recap, um, Pastor Curtis has gone over our first and foremost important value, which is the Word of God. We've talked about a culture of honor and giving, excellence and fruitfulness. And all of these things are important. It is our mission um, to grow in these values, both corporately and personally, as well as personally. Um, today, we'll be learning the value of healthy relationships. And if, and if, by the way, if y'all are wondering where Pastor Curtis is, he is off the grid, very, very off the grid. Um, so if you, um, like 40 miles from civilization. So um, that's where he is, but we're, you know, be praying for him and his time with an old army buddy as they spend time together. But anyway, healthy relationships. As you know, healthy relationships can be hard. Relationships, relationships are not always easy. They are a gift from the Lord, and they also test us, right? They can bring out the best in us. They can bring out the worst in us. You know, we say this a lot here. You cannot know yourself apart from the relationship of God and people because relationship forges our character. It's just the truth. And that's why it's one of our values. Jesus calls us to the local community of faith, and that, of course, is made up of relationships. If that wasn't the case, he wouldn't have established the church. So a topic on relationships can be pretty broad. You know, we could talk about relationships for weeks and months. And so I was really praying that God would hone us in on what he's wanting us to hear because scripture is also full of talking about relationships, how to do relationships. So with that being said, please stand for the reading of the word this morning, found in Philippians 2. This is where we'll be. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. You may be seated. Our relationship with one another is so closely related to our relationship with God. God designed the family of God functioning as one to reveal his kingdom. And we cannot advance the kingdom without unity in the body of Christ and unity in relationships. So we see throughout scripture an urgency to protect what God has established. So if we go to Ephesians 6, we hear Paul and he's trying to get our attention. And he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So I shared this a few weeks ago with our life group leaders at our conference the other day, but I believe in this scripture from Ephesians 6, I think what the Lord is saying to us is, listen to me. Take care of your relationships. The fight is not against one another. You've got bigger fish to fry. (laughs) That's what he said. And there is a lot on the line here. The fight is spiritual. 
The fight is for the church, my bride. Who will defend my bride? Because, because everything the church stands for is under attack. I mean, just think about the values of Harvest Connection Church. God's word, having a value of excellence and honor, those are under attack. These biblical values that we hold dear, Paul is earnestly pleading with us to protect it. And he wants us to protect healthy relationships. See, the problem with culture today is that even among believers, there's this lie that discipleship is a solo effort. That growing spiritually is best to do on your own. Well, this could not be further from the truth. We hear this a lot. Well, I believe in Jesus. Jesus and I are great. I don't need the church. But listen, with the one comes the bride. God is calling us to protect our relationships and going back to Ephesians 6 from the devil's schemes. So what are the devil's schemes when it comes to relationship? Here's just a few things that came to mind of how the devil can work and how he can scheme among us in our relationships. Here's number one, the lone wolf. This is someone who wants to be left alone. The choice is to be disconnected. That's his choice and his choice alone. God did not leave him and neither did the people in his life or his pack, so to speak. Well, this is what the enemy wants. He wants division and separation. He wants our relationships with others divided, especially in the church. So how does that make you feel? The irony about the lone wolf is that the lone wolf cannot survive. When you choose to disconnect from the church and from relationship, you are vulnerable. You are a soft target. He's going to take you out. You may hear a lone wolf say something like this. I don't need anyone. I don't need friends. I can figure it out on my own. Don't fall for that. A lone wolf will die. You must have community. And as I was sharing this message with Miles, he, he wanted me to add this. He, he really has an incredible testimony of what it is to be a lone wolf and what God, um, how God pulled him out of that. And if you talk to him, he will tell you his story. And, and now he says, you know, I know why God calls the church his bride and how much I want to protect it. So good. Here's another one, a bridge burner. This is what the Lord gave me. This is someone who thinks setting something on fire may feel right in the moment, but then, but then realizes they should not have destroyed it. When we burn bridges in relationships, it is difficult and maybe even impossible to get that back. The problem with burning bridges with someone is one day you may need that bridge. And the damage has already been done. Again, a scheme of the devil, divide and separate. Here's another one, <laughs> opinion fanatic. We all know who this is in our life. Maybe it's you, I don't know. Winston Churchill said this um, about such people. This is someone who can't change his mind and won't change the subject. Yeah. You know, all of us want to be right. And, and really, if I asked each one of you, you would say, my opinions are right. I mean, nobody got up this morning saying, I can't wait to be wrong today. But we try so hard, listen, we try so hard to get people to conform 
to our opinions. And then when they don't, we cast them aside. Where is the grace? Church, we need to repent of the idolatry of our own opinions. Think on it. Personal opinions and desires should never direct the mission of the church. Shouldn't happen. Here's a few more things. Um, Number four, misunderstanding confrontation. What comes to mind when I say confrontation? Well, here's a definition. The clashing of forces. Now, that's probably what comes to your mind when you think of having a confrontation with someone. But here's another definition. A face-to-face meeting. Okay, and sometimes we, we, uh, we mean it to be a face-to-face meeting, and then it turns into a clash of forces, right? And then before you know it, our relationship suffers. And listen, if, confr- uh, if confrontation is difficult for you, I get it. it, it I mean, I have, I have failed. It's, it's kind of a sticky place. That God's Word has the answer. Just read Matthew 18. Read Galatians 6.1. Another one, offenses. I'm not taking a lot of time on these, but so I'm going quickly. But remember what Paul says in Ephesians 6. For our battle is not against flesh and blood. What? It's spiritual. If I take an offense, then there is so much at stake, especially for me. So the way that you respond to an offense is your choice. But you don't have to fall for it. Pray for them instead. The mature one moves first. I love it when Pastor Curtis says that. The mature one moves first. Romans 12, 16 says, Live in harmony with each other. Don't be arrogant, but, don't be, but be friendly to humble people. Don't think that you are smarter than you really are. <laughs> oh, oh, humble me, Lord, right? Here's another one. Unrealistic expectations. Dangerous, can be dangerous in our relationships. This can happen in any relationship. I think the main place that I see unrealistic expectations happen is in marriage. It would be nice to have the perfect marriage. Or would it? Have you ever thought of the negative effect it may have with your relationship with the Lord? If Miles fulfills all of my needs, there would be no need for me to seek my father. If I fulfill all of Miles' needs, there would be no need for him to seek the father. Jesus must be my all in all and no one else. Miles and I, we just celebrated 19 years of marriage a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is definitely something to celebrate. And now there are a few, few years in there we'd rather not count. I'm sure you can relate. If you're not, you're lying. Uh, the testimony of our journey is, is really incredible. It's not a secret. Um, we are very open about it. But really, our story is just proof of the truth in Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's proof of what we're going to read in Philippians 2. But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. That's it. But in humility. Because I'll tell you this, without relationship with God and with others in our lives, we would not be married. And if you were honest, you should say the same thing. You have to submit to the Lord. 
You have to submit to the Lord and you have to humble yourself. You have to. I don't have time to talk about our testimony today, but but listen, if your marriage is in a place that even if it's not in crisis, don't, um, please ask for help. We have a marriage ministry team here, an incredible team who's trained up, ready to pray for you, ready to meet for you, we, we with you. It's confidential. Um, you can pick up a brochure in the coffee room. You can check that on the card in front of you. And listen, don't wait until your marriage is in crisis. It might be something really small. Just get someone in there with you. But seeking wise counsel, it really shows maturity, you guys. So healthy relationships, we are called to two places. Our corporate call for healthy relationships is healthy relationships in and with the body of Christ. And personally, personally, healthy relationships with others. So maybe you can identify yourself in one of these ways. Maybe your relationship with people is easier than your relationship with God. Maybe your relationship with God is is easier than your relationship with people. Maybe you find it challenging to have a relationship with anybody. Or maybe, generally speaking, relationships come easy for you. Here's the truth. We grow to the degree we are connected to the church and to one another. Um, I, I really do love the fact that God called me to serve people. I, I love people. Well, let me say it this way. I love relationships. I really do. And, and I know that that sounds um, unreachable to some of you, but I really think the way that I came to love people so much is because I asked God to help me. People can be hard. With people comes, you fill in the blank. But just because relationships tend to be comfortable for me doesn't mean that all of my relationships are healthy. There are some relationships that I am praying for healing right now. But I will say this, I have seen so many relationships be reconciled. It can happen. It can happen. So let's talk about it in the body of Christ. 1 Peter 2, 17, honor all people, love the family of believers. Galatians 6, 10, so then while we have opportunity, let's do good to all people and especially, meaning first, to those who are of the household of the faith. This is important to God. My relationship with the church um, began at a very young age. I'm so thankful because my mom and dad loved the Lord, and I grew up in a denominational church. And, And I'm so grateful for that church because I learned that Jesus loved me, and I learned that I was forgiven of my sins. And I also learned that if I fell asleep in the sermon, somebody beside me would pinch that skin right there underneath my arm, and it hurt so bad. I'm not going to tell you who. But, but we, you know, we sat on the second row, so, you know, everybody, everybody in the choir loft could see me if I fell asleep. But since then, I, I really can say that I cannot think of a time when I was not thankful for the opportunity to serve the local church. The body of Christ is essential to me. We are not to neglect the gathering of God's people. 
Unity protects the bride from the scheme of the devil. We see this in Philippians 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, he says, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Notice he begins the statements with if. In the Greek, the word if becomes equivalent to a more assertive word, since. So it actually reads this, since you have encouragement from being united with Christ, since you have comfort from his love, and since you have fellowship with the Spirit, and since you have tenderness and compassion. So he is saying he knew the Philippians had experienced this because they experienced salvation. He's saying the same to us. Because you have these things, since you have the fellowship of the Spirit, since you have compassion, our response, church, in obedience is found in the next part of that verse. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Like-minded does not mean you conform to my opinions and my beliefs. It means we are like-minded in Christ. Christ, church, is our common ground. We disagree with one another for so many things. Can we agree on something? Can we agree today that we have encouragement from being united with Christ? Can we agree that we have comfort from his love? Can you agree with me that we have fellowship with the Spirit? Can you agree with me that we have tenderness and compassion? Can we build on that? It's really the only thing that matters. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of the truth. The Lord is saying, be careful. We fight among ourselves. We get caught up in our own opinions and our pride, and we sacrifice relationships all in the name of being right. And relationship is more important than being right. Church, we've got to share the same singular purpose. What is our singular purpose here at Harvest Connection Church? What is our mission? Y'all know, what is it? Connecting upward, inward, and outward to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We take that from Mark 12, 30 and 31. What does that say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, to love the neighbor as yourself. The reason why we speak of this often is that we want to be ready. I want to be ready to define who we are as a church and to defend who we are as the church. To equip his saints for service so that the body of Christ may be built. See, unity creates the body of Christ and maturity builds the body of Christ. If we don't uphold these values, we are neglecting the mission of the church. Maturity does not happen when we live in isolation from one another. It happens when, and even in difficult situations, we have community. Community is necessary. My faith in Jesus Christ should increase the faith of others. And your faith in Jesus Christ should increase my faith. 
This is the ecclesia. This is the church one built upon another. And another reason we teach this is because it is important to us that we teach the value of healthy relationships, especially in the body of Christ to the next generation. We are a generational church. Our daughters, Cora and Miley, they, they really didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was already called to ministry when they were born, and I started in full-time ministry in Vega when Cora was nine months old. And I remember putting her in her, uh, her high chair with wheels, and we'd wheel her in the sanctuary while we had worship practice, and, and uh, those were good days. But they, they really didn't have a choice. They, all they know is church. But, but I'm thankful for that. And you know what? I, I've always thought, you know, I don't want them to get burned out. And they don't. They love, they love being at church. And I love that. Um, years ago, we lived in Vega, and our, our home was um, about half a mile from the church. And one morning, I, I think Miley was maybe three Cora was five, and I went early, and for worship practice, Cora and I left, and I told Miles, Miley's going to ride with you. Well, we, Miles gets there, and he doesn't have Miley. So I said, well, where's Miley? And he said, I thought she was with you. And I said, no, I told you. <laughs> I told you, you're giving, you're, Miley's with you today. And uh, he turned white. <laughs> so he got in the car, and he went, he went um, to go pick up Miley, hopefully. Well, our house, you, you turn off a road, you, you turn off our street, and then you, you take a right heading east down Old Route 66, a very busy road. Well, he, he's driving that way, and here, here, here comes Miley. Walking down Route 66, three years old, and he pulls over, and he says, Miley, what are you doing? And she goes, well, I'm going to church. (laughs) That's right. It's where you belong. God shows us in Philippians 2 how to do relationships. Let's go there. Philippians 2, 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. This is the key to healthy relationships. This is what we're honing in on. Humility. Humility. Humility in relationships is essential. And guys, it only happens through the Holy Spirit. That's it. You have to, you have, to have humility to have unity. If there is not unity in our relationships in the body of Christ, what are we telling the lost? Verse 3 also speaks about selfish ambition, which may be approved by secular culture today, but selfish ambition is destructive to God's plan in relationships. Let's go to verse 4. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So here's number two, serve one another. You want to have a healthy relationship, serve one another. Our opportunities for applying this verse are endless. (laughs) And our excuses for not applying it are abundant. No one makes a good friend by serving himself. Charles Spurgeon said this, None are more unjust in their judgments of others 
than those who have a high opinion of themselves. So true. You know, we want to be admired and respected, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if a man only acts for his own interests, he's going to collide with others. Jesus says it clear in Mark 9.35, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all, and what? Servant of all. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 5, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Number three, give grace. I didn't say let people walk all over you. I said, give grace. In verse 6, right here, he says, Who, meaning Jesus, being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. So here is Jesus possessing the fullness, all attributes of God, the entire nature of God. And at the same time, it is not Jesus's supreme prize to assert the power of God he held. His supreme prize is you. It's relationship with you. His supreme pride, prize is the church. And to make it happen, he emptied himself on the cross to give grace. Our relationship with the Lord and one another came with a high price. And I know relationships can be disappointing. I get it. I know. And I don't have time to really dive into that this morning. Um, What I'm saying is, it seems as though we get so we get so worked up so easily. And it's like one strike and you're out. Give grace. Number four, define your community. The biggest challenges in life cannot be tackled alone. Community, life group, having other people holding you accountable, that's the ticket. How can we take care of his bride if we refuse to grow up ourselves? Understand we are better together. Who is your community? And number five, participate in community. Nothing I'm sharing today is new. You know all of this. Participate in that community. Romans 12, 4, and 5. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so it is in Christ. Though many, us in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Okay, let's talk about this. A member is an individual composing a group. It's a building block. Every single person has a purpose. Every person is a building block, and that is the ecclesia. That is the church. Register for membership class for September 25th. Come and hear from the staff. Hear who is Harvest Connection Church. What does it mean to be a member? Join a life group. 
Here's one of my favorite quotes. Being without a life group is like being an orphan. It really is. I know on Wednesdays, you know, you work all day, you're tired. I have never once regretted going to life group. Guys, relationships are worth fighting for. And the relationship we have with Jesus, listen, nothing is more important than the relationship you have with Jesus. There is no healing you will ever receive that is more important than the healing you received at salvation. Our relationship with Jesus and the bride is eternal. Philippians 2 can be applied to all of our relationships. Humble yourself. Value others over yourself. I'm going to ask the altar team to come forward at this time as you'll stand with me. How can we pray for you today? Here's some questions to think on, church. How is your relationship with the Lord? How is your relationship with the church? How is your relationship with others? Think with me right now. What relationship do you want prayer for today? Here's some tough questions. How do I know when I need a boundary in a relationship? Boundaries are important. Here's another one. What if I am the one I'm already doing these things, but the people in my life aren't? What do I do with that? Maybe you're the one that gives and gives and gives and doesn't get anything back in return. Maybe you're the one that has proven to be untrustworthy. Don't walk alone through it. Walk through life with us. We are here for you at Harvest Connection Church. We want to pray for you. And I encourage you, church, be in prayer over Philippians 2 this week. Ask God to reveal to you how you can grow in your relationships. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you more than anything for the relationship that um, that you have with us, God, that we have with you, Father, that we are your supreme prize. Father, I thank you for the amazing gift of the church, the ecclesia, those built upon one another, because whether someone in here realizes it or not, we need one another. We need the family of God in our life. More importantly, God, we need you. So God, in, increase our faith today. Father, I pray healing over the relationships that are hurting. I pray over the ones in my life that I'm praying for right now that haven't been healed yet. We lift those people up to you this morning, Father. Empower us. Give us wisdom to know how to do relationship with them. And Jesus, we ask you to just bless us as we go out this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.